my story is different than some of those women who got started in some kind of business where they just rocketed to the top. I'm not that person. But one thing that's happened for me is that I stayed consistent over time and I continued to do work in the time that fit for me so that I could actually be the mom that I wanted to be and be present the way that I wanted to be. Welcome to the Capital Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Brinkley. Each week, we hear from stay-at-home moms who earn at least $2,000 per month without having to miss out on any of the precious moments with their kids. I am so excited to welcome today's guest, Amy Ballantyne. Amy's kids are 12, 10, and 7 years old. She has been a stay-at-home, work-at-home mom since her first child was born 12 years ago. She has her own business as a holistic wellness and life coach and has been supporting people in their wellness for 12 years. Amy is passionate about helping busy working mothers to feel worthy enough and to create systems to show themselves love and care. She loves to help moms create the lifestyle they really want and to shift the conversation in the household around sharing the family duties and working together as a team. So it's not all on the mom. Amy, thank you for being here today. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait to dig into some of these things that I've introduced about you. I really want to have you start off, though, by telling a little bit about what led you to becoming a holistic wellness and life coach. Just tell us about how that journey progressed in your life. Well, if it's okay, Stephanie, I'd also tie that into why I wanted to work at home because it has to do with my kids, that whole journey. (laughs) So um, I grew up with a mom who stayed at home and it turns out my husband actually had his mom at home while he was growing up as well. And And our moms both went and had jobs later on. But I know that that was a big thing for me, having her at home and, and enjoying that. Uh, why did I become a, a wellness and life coach, a holistic approach? It actually also stems from being a little girl. My mom lost both of her parents before she was 10. So I heard about these people I would never have a relationship with. I would never go for sleepovers with. I would never have those laughs and stories with. And it actually fueled in me as a young, young girl to come up with this vision in my mind. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know why I chose this, but I had this vision of being a 90-year-old great-grandma bowling, again, no idea why I chose bowling, with my great-grandkids. And this has been my vision all along that I knew that I wanted to live long enough and healthy enough to someday hopefully be able to know these little people. And that's what spurred me along all these years. And yes, of course, I'm not perfect. I've made unhealthy choices along the way, as we all have. But I live with that mindset of 80-20 and doing everything I possibly can as often as I can to to put health first and as a priority and, and for my family as well, teaching those values of health. And so I work with clients in a variety of ways because I deeply believe that 
our wellness is impacted by all sorts of things. So some of my clients, we might talk about uh, actually eating and different uh, accountability measures for moving their bodies. But some other times we're talking about how they're feeling in their business. I work with a number of different entrepreneurs and it's about the juggle, right? And it's about the juggle of how do they fit in time for themselves too, or maybe something's not working in their business. But if we're feeling stress in any area of our life, it impacts our overall well-being, right? So that is uh, my approach when it comes to coaching. I love the vision that you had as a young child to be. And then I love the bowling piece. I just think (laughs) to me that just shows that you were thinking of it like you didn't just want to be a 90-year-old great-grandma who got to just see your great-grandkids, but you wanted to be able to be active with them and doing something fun. So I love that. And can you explain, you mentioned, you know, the 80-20 principle. Can you explain kind of what you mean by that uh, when it comes to health and wellness? Yeah, so I'm sure lots of people have heard the the concept of 80-20 when it comes to eating, but I think it's 80-20 when it comes to everything (laughs) in that, you know, it's unrealistic to say that I never watch TV, right? That's maybe not the healthiest thing, right? But I watch TV. Do I watch it 80% of the time? No, but I do enjoy a good TV show now and then, right? So it's making sure that the things that are most important to us, right? The values that we have, if I were to look at your calendar and you told me the value that you had was moving your body, would I notice in your daily calendar that there was times in there for moving your body? If you tell me that you care about your well-being 80% of the time, are you, are you choosing healthier choices in your eating? Are you um, doing things for yourself, like going for a walk? Are you doing things for yourself, like maybe reading a nice book? If that's the thing that brings you joy and comfort and peace, would I see that in your daily life? Right? So 80% of the time making those choices. And for me, it's moving my body supplements, healthy foods, do I still enjoy chocolate? You better believe it. Okay. (laughs) But it's again, 20% of the time is where that fits in. So it's not about depriving. It's not about saying, no, I can't have that. It's about actually really looking at what am I doing the rest of the time? And how do I beef up more vegetables, choosing those healthier options, adding in spinach wherever I can, quite honestly, just because we know how loaded it is in nutrients and then enjoying actually enjoying the chocolate when I have it and not beating myself up because I have had some. I love that. And it can be very daunting when you think about getting healthier, whether it's needing to lose weight or whether it is just needing more energy in your life. It can be very daunting to think, oh my goodness, I need to cut out all this stuff and that's the only way it's going to happen. And that just seems impossible. So really sounds like your approach is much more realistic and much more (laughs) enjoyable than what a lot of us, I think, put in our minds that Mm -hmm. has to be so rigid. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly a time and a place for that rigidity. If somebody wants, you know, a a very um, strict meal plan, but my approach is more for other mothers like me, 
I, I want to still live life and my kids are going to want to have ice cream. So how do I increase the good, healthy things more often so that I can enjoy those treats that we will have? Very good. I also want you to talk about um, a little bit more this sharing of family duties, because um, I've talked to some of my friends about this and my sister before, just how women, as women, we carry so much of the mental part of running the household. I mean, beyond even just household duties like laundry and stuff like that. But even just the mental capacity, you know, there's things that I just know, okay, on Friday, we need to do this. And then Saturday, we need to do this. And it's just in my mind all the time, where my husband, who I'm very blessed to have a super helpful husband who, you know, I don't have to ask him to do things. He, he sees things to be done, but not to the same level. So can you talk to that? And just what do you see? Uh, how do you see this as a way to help moms? By sharing oh my goodness. <laughs> I love this topic. So I want to encourage us all to look back at our past and what we learned. This is a lot of what we're bringing into our marriage is what we saw happen with our, our other female role models. And so I love uh, having these conversations with my clients about you know, those household duties. And I'm going to draw on one that happened recently. Uh, she was sharing that she was stressed because the linen closet was overflowing and she has been working crazy hours and her husband wanted to do something about it, but he felt he couldn't really, because that was her thing. Like she was in control of it. So it's interesting to, to look at just even that example to say, you know, if you want to have more of a sharing of duties in the house, what is the communication that's happening between the two partners? And even the, the children, I asked her, she had older children as well. She has children that were 10 and I think 14. And so I said, is it possible, is it possible that the children could be involved in this? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, what if we broke it apart? And I think this is the, the reality with a lot of these household things. How do we break things down so we can share pieces of the puzzle? If, if we're a little bit afraid or nervous to share some of the the responsibility or let go of control, you know, because that can sometimes be the, we know that it's supposed to be, and I'm using air quotes here, our job, right? Because that's what we learned. But what if, and I said to her, what if we're, it's more about changing the future of the next generation so that her daughters then will look at their children and say, this is a family responsibility to work on the linen closet. It's not just all on me. And we're now changing the conversation going forward, right? By starting this with our own families and our own children. And that communication about it is super critical about why. So I said, how will you have this conversation with your husband, with your girls, so that they understand it's not just about mommy dumping it off, because then what? She said, well, I'll feel guilty. I'll feel like I'm letting them down. How often? As women, as mothers, are we saying those things to ourselves? Yes. All the time. 
right? But if we're being honest, that we want to change the conversation going forward, that we want to role model that in the future, they might possibly have their own families and want help. So they want to role model this sharing of duties and sharing of responsibilities. And trust me, it can be a little bit scary to let go of control because if you've always been the person who sorts through things and decides what should stay and what should go also if you struggle with scarcity a little bit and maybe you grew up in a home where nothing ever ever got thrown out because of someday you might need it right that can be scary it can be hard so it's working talking through those feelings talking and I said to her okay let's keep this really simple if it's the linen closet could they pull the items out of the closet are they capable of sorting them into piles of things of what they are matching I mean kindergartners could do that right, right. these are towels these are blankets right would that take the load off your plate mom yes she said it would take the load off because that's one step she wouldn't have to do so it's again breaking it down into pieces and it's also showing that you trust that child, that you are empowering them, that they can make some decisions, you know, empowering the daughters to say, okay, if that towel has a giant hole in it, could it go in a pile of possibly to be discarded? They could make that decision, right? So it's empowering the younger people, especially, I mean, both boys and girls, this is a great lesson because we want our boys to grow up to feel empowered to help out as well, right? It, it, it benefits everybody going forward. Exactly. And that is so true. You know, my mom, uh, she stayed at home and we loved having our mom at home. And I, I really think that she truly believed, you know, that was her job was everything around the house. And we would do little things here and there to help out and we would have little chores. But I looking back, I really don't think that we had enough responsibility um, as kids, you know, given to us. And, you know, mom was just doing what she thought was the right thing by doing it all. But then when I became a young adult, I realized that, oh, I got to call mom and ask, you know, What's setting for the laundry? Because I'm afraid I'm not going to do it right. And I think that it is so important to empower our kids, like you said. And it's not about dumping it off, but it is about teaching that we all live in the household together and we all have a responsibility to take care of all of our things. Mm -hmm. So that's really, really good that, you know, you're bringing that topic up with your clients and I, I mean, I just love that. Uh, my son is two now. And so, he's, I mean, he's just getting to the age where he's really starting to be able to sort his toys and see that certain things go in certain places. And when he takes his um, clothes off for the evening to get in the bath, he'll take them to the dirty clothes basket. But, you know, it's those little things. And he has so much pride. And mm -hmm. that's what I really want to instill in him, you know. And I love being able to be at home and take the time with him and not feel so rushed. Like, okay, you know, I have to hurry up and get you here and hurry up and get to work. I want you to talk to that topic a little bit when it comes to being able to have stayed home with your kids while they were little. And and now they're, they're older, you know, elementary school, maybe middle school. But 
how important was that to you to have that flexible schedule to stay at home with them and be able to be the main teacher in their life? I'm so glad you asked this because I love sharing this part of my life and my story. Uh, After university, I worked in a number of jobs and I had this, this knowing, as I said, I came up with a vision of being a great grandma. Like I've, I'm a vision kind of person. I had this vision for my life that someday I would have children and I'd be able to be a mom to them the way I really wanted to be, to be able to go on field trips with them, to be able to walk them to and from school, to be there for play dates, to be present. But I also knew very, very strongly that I had a calling inside of me to help people in some way with their health. But in all the jobs that I had following university, I couldn't quite figure out how my dream lifestyle was going to happen because all the jobs that I had required me to drive quite a bit of a distance or to work really long hours. And in my head, I was like, this doesn't make sense. So I actually, I really struggled with that. And when uh, we got pregnant for our first, I was obviously very, very excited because I dreamed of being a mom my whole life. And it was Shortly before that, actually, that someone introduced me to an opportunity within network marketing that really was the catalyst for me to put the pieces of the puzzle together that I could help people with their health. I could really fuel my body with beautiful nutrients to prepare it for baby and my husband's body because he's half the puzzle, right? To prepare to to go into that journey. And I could help other people do the same. And that was the catalyst really in realizing that, you know, I could see in my previous work experience that I was meant to be my own boss based on my time management, my uh, determination, my work ethic, all those things. I could see I had the, the energy for it, but I never had the opportunity presented to me. And it was truly the right time, the right business. The, the, it aligned very closely to my value of family and health and contribution legacy, all of these things that were really, really important and critical for values for me that I wanted to live out. Um, And that's really, that's really the piece of the puzzle. I got introduced to that. I've been with that company for 13 years. And because I learned how to fit things in the middle. So obviously, you're saying, you know, how do things look different when the kids were younger versus older? I mean, when my youngest was a baby, I was doing a little bit of work during nap time and maybe a little bit after the final bedtime, which is like, when is that? When the kid is a baby, (laughs) final bedtime, like that's not even real, right? So it was kind of like nooks and crannies. And then my first and second children were very close together. They're only 16 months apart. So again, it was just like nooks and crannies, bedtime or a little bit of time here and there. And so I often say my story is different than some of those women who got started in some kind of business where they just rocketed to the top. I'm not that person. But one thing that's happened for me is that I stayed consistent over time and I continued to do work in the time that fit for me so that I could actually be the mom that I wanted to be and be present the way that I wanted to be. And when my third one was born, she was about, gosh, uh, 
I don't know, just under two or so, when I really said, you know what, now I want to, to go to the next level in my business. And one of the really cool things that happened, which is a total side tangent that I'm on, is that I actually used my nursing time, my feeding time with her to visualize what I wanted to do in my business. And we talk all the time about how powerful visualization is. And people will say, well, I don't have time or I don't know how to do it. Or, I mean, I think one of the biggest blessings for me was that not only was I, I was sure that she was my last one, which was very like, I needed to soak up every moment of her because it was going to be my last diaper. Oh, this might be the last diaper. This might be the last time I feed her. You know, I was really like soaking up the moments of being a mom with my third one. And, but every time I sat down to nurse her, when it was nighttime, not during the day, because I had two other kids I had to keep my eyes open for. But when it was nursing time in the night, I would close my eyes and I would see very clearly the vision that I wanted to have with my business. And when that's one and my business took off like crazy. Now, I still only had those nooks and crannies of time. And I did start hiring other babysitters like younger women which helped out uh, for those few times I had to go out for meetings here and there. But that was a gift in empowering future mothers as well, because that was something that fueled me because I was a, I was very busy and as a busy a babysitter when I was growing up. So, yes. you know, even though it's hard to trust, uh, you know, somebody with your precious little human, because someone trusted me, it, it fueled in me this desire to want to be a mom and to have that that time in my own life. Right. So, man, I am so grateful every single day that not only I got to become a mother, but I had that desire to want to do something else, even though I was totally unsure of what that was going to be. <laughs> yes. Well, I love your story because you talk about that strong desire to be a mother and be very present with your, with your children. You didn't, you know, I know a lot of women who tell me, you know, oh, I could never stay at home with my kids. And that's fine because, you know, that's best for them. But I'm the same way as you. I always knew when I have my child or children, I want to be the one with him. But at the same time, I didn't have my son until I was almost 39. So by then I had had a thriving career as a teacher. I had found a lot of identity in that role. And it really surprised me how difficult it was to make the transition of not really the transition to be at home with him, but to find that fulfillment and and be okay with just being a mom to him. And although I loved it and I loved every minute, I still felt this pull, like I should be doing something more, but I, I had no idea what it was. And so for I would say like the first year that I stayed home with him, I felt very, I guess, kind of lost, you know, and it was just this feeling of, well, should I go back to teaching? Maybe I'm only meant to be with him for one year. And it really set me on this path of, of just searching. And I started listening to tons of podcasts and reading tons of books. And I started to discover this world of you know, people who were doing coaching, people who had online businesses, just this whole new world that I didn't even know really existed out there. And it started to really 
show me that, wow, you can do both. You can earn money for your family and have not just earn money, but have a purpose, feel like you're making a difference. And you can be at home with your kids and spend as much time as you want to with them. And I also love what you said about um, the babysitter and empowering, you know, younger women too, because I have had a hard time with thinking about, you know, leaving my son with someone, but I was the same way. I was a nanny. I was a babysitter. I worked at daycares. So a lot of trust was placed in me. And I absolutely loved, you know, taking care of other people's kids. And so to look at it in that way as who can I find that would love that and that I could, you know, place that trust in. It's a really good way to look at it because it is true that there are going to be times when your kids are little, especially, and they don't have as much independence that you're going to need to have some, you know, work hours while they're awake. (laughs) And you might need a babysitter to keep an eye on them for two or three hours. So I love that. Um, Our time is getting already close to the end. And so I do want to talk a little bit about if someone is interested in becoming a holistic life and wellness coach, how do you even go about getting started in that field? Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's two components, right? I, as I shared, I have a network marketing business that is all about that holistic wellness and, and health. And they simply can reach out to me, a, a DM on Instagram, and, and we can have a conversation. Uh, I really love partnering with women like me who want to continue to be that uh, vibrant mother for their children, uh, but also have that desire to to take care of themselves and be super healthy so they can live long and healthy for their children and for the grant. Those are the kinds of women that are great uh, for partnering with me in, in this business. And then when it comes to the coaching side of things, if someone is looking to get into actual coaching, I'm happy to provide them with some guidance and support as well. They're welcome to DM me about that. And I can share the journey that I took to, to gain those credentials as well. Um, And I, I go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask if you could just share a little bit about some of the skills or personality traits that that are good for coaching. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to being uh, a health and wellness coach or advisor or support person, somebody who listens and somebody who is interested in helping others, that, those are the two biggest things. Oh, and coachable. So if an individual wants to have something on the side and is willing to have that um, guidance and support, uh, that will help them to go a lot further in this kind of business. Um, Because it's one where you learn as you go. It's not a here, let me give you 10 textbooks and you can learn it and then get started. It is like you learn as you go. um, And it is very much about hands-on experience and and having that support beside you. I love that. And I think you had told me um, in an earlier message that at this point, you work around 10 to 20 hours per week, and you're able to make more than $2,000 a month or more doing that, that many hours. Is that pretty typical, do you feel, for someone who is doing the wellness coaching? 
Yeah, I, in my opinion, if the person is doing the actual activities that generate income and they're doing it um, honestly, like they're actually taking the steps that are trained, then yes. If the person is saying they're doing five hours and only doing two presentations or two conversations, it something's not adding up there, right? So it's about... Um, asking for help, taking the actions, doing the, the mini assignments to help you grow your business. And you, when it, when it comes to my, my role, you get a mentor with you the whole time. You get somebody who's, who's helping you learn and grow along the way. Which I think is so important, mm -hmm. especially if you are um, transitioning from, being someone who is a, has been an employee and worked outside the home, if you're going to move towards something like this, it is so, so important to have mentors that can be there with you along the way because there will be so many times when you're thinking, what am I doing? You know, is this, am I just kind of crazy going out here on my own? I don't know about this. So to have people that are in that space, I think is so important. And then I have one last question for you. Can you speak to kind of the difference when it comes to a coach versus a therapist? Mm, absolutely. So a therapist has years and years of uh, education and high level credentials. Um, and they're working a lot on the past. A coach depending on what they're coaching on, can still have years and years of experience or not, but they're focused on the present and the future. So when I'm doing the work with my clients, I am not talking about the past other than maybe to reference, you know, you know, let's just say my dad made me eat everything on my plate. I'm not going to go into what what the feelings were and like a therapy session, we're going to talk about, okay, so going forward, what are the actions we want to take? What are the, the challenges you see coming up with what's happening in this now moment? So there's a very distinct difference between dealing with your challenges and feelings and emotions and things from the past and where are you at and where do you want to go forward? And that's a more the coaching side of things. I love that so much um, to hear that distinction and also just to highlight that both are very important. So if you, oh, yes. you know, things from your past that you need to work through, which most of us probably do, you know, then it's great to have therapy, but at the same time, coaching is also so beneficial. And with the Olympics at this time, it, it really makes me to think even more. I mean, if the top athletes who are better than any of us at those sports could ever hope to be, I mean, if they need coaches for what they know how to do and they've been doing for years, how much do we need coaches in our lives? And I think um, sometimes we don't, uh, and I think you referenced this on your website, we don't feel worthy of that for ourselves. Yeah. And I think about it with my son. I started um, really getting back on my health journey about two to three months ago. And I had been just stuck in this rut. And I was feeling just very 
shamed about, well, why did I gain all this weight back? And why don't I have enough energy? And I'm just being lazy and just really piling on the negativity. And one day I just, I think it was after listening to some podcasts, I just had this wake up call of to look at myself in the same way that I look at my son. Yes. My little sweet, precious child had any type of a health issue, whether it was just low energy, whether he was overweight, anything. I would do whatever it took to help him. I would take him across the country to the best doctors, the best coaches, you know, and that's regardless of cost and all that. I would find a way. And something just clicked inside of me and I was able to see myself that way and for long enough that I was like yes I'm doing this and I'll tell you that within a week not even a week probably three or four days of getting myself back in a program that I know works for my body I was feeling so much energy so like even had the confidence to reach out and try to tell people about my podcast. That's what was kind of the catalyst for me launching this. So I'm, I'm just so thankful for what you do for women because it is incredible how much of a difference when you have that energy. Your wellness is everything. And if you don't have your wellness, it's really hard to get started and thrive in other areas of your life. Yes. Um, Amy, I just, I could talk to you for so much longer about, but I want you to share with the listeners the best way for them to get in touch with you, because I, I just think that you are helping so many people and I know there's somebody out there who needs your help or who also has the same passion and wants to know how to become a coach themselves. Awesome. Thank you. So I would say uh, either going to amyballantine.com and booking a, a time just to, for us to have a chat. Uh, there's lots of buttons there that say book a consult. So uh, easy to find or Instagram at, at amyballantine. I have a free self-love program actually that I'd love to share with individuals that talks. One of the activities is what you just mentioned about seeing yourself as that small oh, baby. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. So if, if people want to get a taste of a little bit of what coaching with me could be like, that's a great program, uh, a free program to check out on Instagram there. I love it. And I will link to all of that in the show notes so people will be able to easily connect with you. Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you. It's so fun. The goal of this podcast is to inspire and encourage as many moms as possible to design their lives in a way that allows them to have freedom and flexibility to spend as much time with their kids as possible and earn the income they need for their families. You can help me reach more moms by subscribing to, reviewing, and sharing the podcast. I love connecting with my listeners. So reach out and leave a review. If you have an idea for someone who should be a guest on the show, or you would like me to find a guest in a specific field, let me know. I'm here to serve you. Join me next week for another episode of the Capital Mom Podcast.